Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB and today is the 24th of November 2022 and just few days left for the end of November. And November has not been an ideal month because of the FTX collapse. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the hero Sam Bankman fried who will be speaking at the New York Times event with journalist Andrew Roskin. And look guys, this is the benefit of being associated with left-wing politicians Definitely not ideal for the cryptocurrency space. And we're also going to be discussing some matrix from Chain Analysis, who has rather been silent so far as the FTX collapse is concerned. Now, they have put up a report which states that the FTX collapse was relatively smaller than the Mt. Cox collapse that happened early in 2013 and 2014. Now, they're taking into consideration the percentage of volume that Mt. Cox had in comparison to FTX in 2022 so i partly agree to them as well now in yesterday's episode guys we talked about some drama between curve token and Aave finance but it looks like the DeFi protocol Aave might be facing a new attack so we'll be exploring that in today's episode and guys in today's episode i'm going to be talking about the whole web3 and self-sovereign identity which is popularized by the so-called crypto influencers and consensus in fura and unisop who are kind of considered to be the OGs in the Web3 space, are actually having access to all of your datas. And I'm going to be explaining some not-so-good information regarding that. Now, regarding UAE, we have two news. And both the news are relatively positive. The first news is about a Dubai firm, Altamimi. And they have launched first-of-its-kind NFT collection in the Menno region. Now, look, guys, I did have a look at the NFT collection. And to be honest, I must say that this just might be one of the best NFT experiences I have experienced in Dubai and UAE. And I'm going to be exploring that in detail in today's episode. And the second news is related to Blockchain DXV. And last week, I did talk about that I'm planning to release an episode on Central Bank Digital Currency. And look, guys, I've recorded the session. The editing needs to be done. So most likely by the end of the day, today or tomorrow, I will be releasing the episode on Central Bank Digital Currency. And in today's episode, I'm going to very briefly explain what the episode contains and my future plans on the episodes on central bank digital currencies. So loads to uncover in today's episode. So welcome everyone, it's 18 here in Dubai and you're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And how the series of episodes in the Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is, we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the browse of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. News that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And this is followed by Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. And tomorrow, that is Friday, we do have an episode called Metaverse Everything where we solely focus on Metaverse. So please check out those episodes as well. And the format for Metaverse Everything podcast is completely different. And guys, I tend to publish a daily and weekly report via my LinkedIn. So please follow me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile is in the show notes below. And before we kickstart today's episode, I have an important message. So check this out. Firstly, guys, Startup OI is global one tech platform for tech. It offers global high paying tech jobs with flexibility in working time and location, global free tech events and tech networks to connect with global like-minded engineers. A brilliant platform to listen to the tech experts in Metaverse and to grab their insights. Now listen, all you have to do is 
download the app Startup OI. If you're using an Android version, go to Google Store and App Store for iOS devices. Alternatively, you can also click on the show notes below to download Startup OI. Next, the 10th edition of the world-renowned flagship that is Global Blockchain Congress by Agora Group is taking place on November 23rd and 24th at Sofitel Dubai The Palm and there will be more than 60 speakers, 150 investors, 30 sponsors and these sponsors offer metaverse, gaming NFTs and DeFi projects looking to raise funds, 20 media partners and more than 300 delegates. So listen guys, if you're a blockchain startup looking to raise funds, join Agora on this special edition on the Global Blockchain Congress and have a one-to-one meeting with pre-qualified investors and this edition's main themes are digital assets regulations in the GCC, Web3 platforms, metaverse, gaming and NFTs. Now remember guys, the spots are limited, so register online via the link in the show notes below or go to Agoro's LinkedIn page or go to the website. All the details are in the show notes below. Next, guys, listen, if you're into fitness, if you're into adventure, if you want to do something wild but still want to keep your health in check, there is a new podcast in town, a podcast focusing on obstacle course race in the Middle East. The podcast is called Rise in the Obstacle Course Race. And Rising the Obstacle Course Race podcast is a peer-to-peer community-driven podcast where they talk all about obstacle course race in the Middle East, from Sandstorm to Spartan Race, from Tough Mudder to Desert Warrior Challenge, and also the Government Gov Games, and quite a lot more. The podcast has interviews with athletes locally and internationally to get insights scoop on how athletes prepare for obstacle course race. In the podcast, they also talk about interesting stories on why they are motivated to do obstacle course race. And that's not all. They also plan to release seven NFTs. And these NFTs are no ordinary. These NFTs will represent every emirate in the UAE. And listen, guys, these NFTs are going to be absolutely massive. So do one thing. Go to Spotify, go to iTunes, go to any leading podcasting platform and search for Rise in the Obstacle Coast Race podcast. And finally, guys, not your keys, not your crypto. If you have dabbled with cryptocurrencies and now are seriously getting to protect your cryptocurrencies, there is no better way to protect it by using a hardware wallet. And this is where Ledger Wallet kicks in. And Ledger Wallets are hardware cryptocurrency wallets made by Ledger, a company headquartered in Paris, France. And Ledger's hardware wallets are multi-currency wallets that are used to store private keys for cryptocurrencies offline. And Ledger offers two hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano and Ledger Nano X wallets. They are world-class experts with extensive crypto security backgrounds. They continuously look for vulnerabilities in Ledger products in a constant effort to improve the level of security. In today's world, securing these digital assets is a critical challenge. And this is where Ledger kicks in. So click the link below to buy your hardware wallet and support this podcast. It is a brilliant way to support this podcast. So what are you waiting for? The link is in the show notes below. Now since you've taken care of that, let's look at the price of the global cryptocurrency market. Now since the last 24 hours, Nothing has changed and the numbers look pretty much the same. The global cryptocurrency market as of 24th of November is at $830.97 billion. Now since the last 24 hours, it is marginally increased by 0.64%. The total crypto market volume over the last 24 hours has gone down. And today it is at $56.82 billion. And since the last 24 hours, it is down by 10.82%. Now, if you look at the volume of DeFi, it has once again gone down and it is at $3.62 billion. And guys, in yesterday's episode, 
I did go ahead and explain what is the drama that was going on between Curve Token and Aave. And regarding today, I have some minor update and it's not looking good for Aave protocol. Now, the total value locked in DeFi is $41.9 billion and make it our accounts for 15.75%. Now look guys, I've been in the Bitcoin space since 2013 and when MakeDAO was launched, we all thought about it being the next revolution. And as time went by, MakeDAO was often considered as the boomer DAO in the DeFi space. But in 2022, looks like MakeDAO is still the dominating factor in the DeFi space with $6.62 billion locked in its protocol. And DeFi accounts for 6.37% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. Now Lucas, when you talk about Web 3.0, when you talk about self-sovereign identity, when you talk about decentralized finance, total volume in DeFi should be well over 30 to 40%. This has never happened in the cryptocurrency space and I'm really curious when we will see the volume of DeFi crossing the 30, 40 or maybe 50% of the total cryptocurrency market volume and surprisingly the volume of stable coins is ridiculously high. Now, before I touch base on the volume of stable coins, let me just quickly explain the top five total value locked in DeFi sector. MakeDAO is clearly number one. The second one is Lido, and $5.79 billion has been locked in this protocol. Aave is relatively the same at $3.64 billion, and Curve Token is at $3.65 billion, and Uniswap is at $3.54 billion. Now, in today's episode, guys, I'm also going to be talking about Uniswap. And unfortunately, I do not have any positive news because when you talk about Web 3.0 and self-sovereign identity, Uniswap ideally should be an example, a benchmark for other people in the industry to follow. But looks like they have definitely defaulted on the whole Web 3.0 and self-sovereign identity idea. But before we talk about that, let's look at the volume of stable coins because the volume is really concerning. It is at $54.12 billion. And as I mentioned earlier, Stablecoin accounts for 95.25% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. Now look guys, in an idealistic world, the volume of DeFi should be roughly around 30-40%, to 40%, maybe even 50% of the total cryptocurrency market volume. Because we are talking about decentralized finance where there is no central entity involved. Other than that, I might be looking at Bitcoin, Ethereum or other cryptocurrencies to take majority of the chunk so far as the total cryptocurrency market volume is concerned. Now most likely that might happen in the next 5 years or maybe in a decade's time or so. But it's only once we reach that, then we could say that DeFi has succeeded. Now the total volume in DeFi is at $54.12 billion and out of $54.12 billion, Tether USDT accounts for $41.61 billion and USDC accounts for $3.79 billion and Binance USD, which has been gaining a lot of momentum since September, is at $7.65 billion. Now let's quickly look at the market share. 24-hour trading volume between Bitcoin and Ethereum. A Bitcoin's market share is at $318 billion, whereas Ethereum's market share is at $146 billion. Now unfortunately, the news that I have regarding consensus, the entity that managed the Ethereum merge is not looking good for Ethereum and I'll be exploring and giving my opinions and thoughts on that. Now the 24-hour trading volume between Bitcoin and Ethereum is also not looking good. Bitcoin's 24-hour trading volume is at $28.7 billion and Ethereum's 24-hour trading volume is $10.6 billion. The dominance is relatively the same 
Bitcoin at 38.30% and Ethereum's dominance is at 17.60%. But before we look at the market cap of privacy coins, let me quickly share the market cap of the top 5 smart contracting platforms. Ethereum's market share is at $147 billion. Now listen to this guys, the number 5th which is Solana is at $5.2 billion. So look at the difference between the 1st and the 5th. Absolutely terrible and not ideal. The number second is Binance BNB, which is at $47.70 billion. Cardano is one third, or rather much less than one third of Binance BNB. It is at $10.80 billion. And Polkadot is at $6.3 billion. That could be possible that after the FTX collapse, the Solana blockchain protocol, a centralized blockchain protocol, will collapse further. But looks like having left wing politician by your side could actually be in your favor which I'll be exploring that in today's episode. Now let's look at the price of the king of all kings that is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is currently at $16,550. Since the last 24 hours it is marginally up by 0.24%. Since the last 7 days it is marginally up by 0.21%. Ethereum is currently at $1,195. And look guys I was under the impression that Ethereum will go below the $1,000 mark. And this was based on the report by Glassnodes and CoinShares because they were saying that investors are not having faith in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and they did see a lot of investments going into shorting of Bitcoin and Ethereum but the market has completely reversed that and is doing exactly the opposite. And this is the drama in the cryptocurrency world. Now, since the last 24 hours so far as Ethereum is concerned, it is marginally up by 2.58%. Since the last 7 days, it is up by 0.07%. Binance coin is at $298. Since the last 24 hours, it is up by 0.44%. Since the last 7 days, it is up by 12.25%. Now look guys, last month we saw the massive collapse of FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried notoriously used people's money for his own benefits. And the terminology that I can think of which is popularized by Eric Worries is that FTX was more like a Ponzi scheme built on top of a casino. But that being said, he's turning out to be a role model and Sam Bankman-Fried has just announced via Twitter that he's speaking at the New York Times with journalist Andrew Ross Sorkin at the Deal Book Summit and this event is going to take place next Wednesday. Now imagine having the audacity to go ahead and tweet that. Now if you follow Sam Bankman-Fried via Twitter, he has blocked replies because a lot of people were upset and a lot of people were saying that he should be in jail. But nonetheless, being associated with left-wing politician, we at Blockchain DXP actually do wish him nomination for the next Nobel Prize Award. You never know, maybe he might also be giving speech at the Oscar Award. That's how left-leaning states work. Now, unfortunately for the people who have lost their funds, a few days ago in my podcast, I did talk about that. It might take maybe a couple of decades for people to get their funds back. Now talking about left-leaning politician, New York has become the first US state to restrict Bitcoin mining and the New York state governor, Kathy Hochul, has signed a moratorium on using fossil fuels to power Bitcoin mining operations in the region. And look as New York has not been friendly, particularly for cryptocurrency exchanges. And if you want to mix martial arts in the UFC, New York is definitely not the ideal place. We're talking about cryptocurrencies, they're really having really strong restrictions for cryptocurrency exchanges and for Bitcoin mining as well it seems now. Now the new legislation 
aims to address environmental concerns in the state to balance its economic development and climate goals. And what I would really recommend you to do is, Bloomberg has published an article. So read through the article because it states that a two-year ban targets fossil fuel-powered and Bitcoin miners could face potentially banning for the next two years or so. so. Now what would Bitcoin miners do? They would definitely move to another state where they are much more friendly for Bitcoin cryptocurrencies, freedom of speech and innovation. And guys, as it is, the Bitcoin mining industry has been suffering heavily. And in yesterday's podcast, I did talk about Core Scientific, which did actually warn to its investors that they are facing very bleak times. So definitely not idle if you're in the mining industry. Now let me talk some more information connected to FTX and Chain Analysis, which is an analytical firm. They have posted a series of Twitter threads that actually explains that the downfall of FTX is likely to have a relatively smaller effect on the crypto ecosystem than the demise of Mt. Gox. Now listen guys, what I really recommend you to do is go to Twitter, read through the series of tweets. I believe there is a series of 10 tweets, definitely very, very informative, because what they said is that Mt. Gox accounted for 10.9% of the total service inflows in the 12 months before its collapse, and this is the time when the actual attack happened, versus FTX's collapse, which had only 4.7%. Now the volume of FTX might be high but the impact is definitely much less in comparison to Mt. Gox. So I kind of agree to them. But you need to remember when Mt. Gox collapsed, Mark Karplus, who was the CEO of Mt. Gox back then, was subpoenaed by the US Department of Treasury Financial Crimes Enforcement Network within a month to appear in Washington DC to provide testimony on April 18, 2014. In case of Sam Bankman Freed, instead of having any subpoenas, he's still in Bahamas and he'll be speaking at the New York Times event virtually. And this is the time where having strong left leaning politicians do turn out to be in your favor. Definitely, definitely not ideal. Now, guys, let me very briefly some talk, some update regarding Aave. Now, what I'd really recommend you to do is listen to my podcast yesterday because I talked about what was happening with car finance and what was happening at Aave. Essentially, there was a trader who goes by the name of Abraham Eisenberg who was trying to short Curve Finance and getting the funds liquidated on Aave. Now, what he was doing was absolutely ethical. As a matter of fact, in his Twitter profile, he did actually mention what steps you need to do and Aave suffered an attack because of Abraham Eisenberg. So please listen to my podcast yesterday. You will get a thorough understanding of what actually did happen. And Curve Finance's native token CRV was also part of the attack. Now, News BTC did actually post an article earlier today that talks about the future of Aave is still in jeopardy. And the article states that the bad debt attack on Aave was kind of similar to the situation that led to the FTX collapse. But unlike the FTX, as many users have pointed out, everyone can access the on-chain information. In case of FTX, when the attack happened, Sam Bankman Free did actually mention via tweet the very next day that everything is fine, customer funds are completely safe. In case of Aave, because of the open blockchain protocol, everyone can access on-chain information and everyone can even access information about Eisenberg's transaction as well. And the state of the protocol's finance and the amount of bad debt is held on its balance sheet. So everything is at least open in that sense. 
it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to the future of Avi in the next few days. And in yesterday's podcast, I did talk about Avi mentioned via Twitter that they're going to be discussing with the community on the next course of action. And look, guys, this is the power of open blockchain. But when you talk about Web3 and self-sovereign identity, I have three terrible news. And all the three terrible news is linked to consensus in Fura and Unisop. Now, look, guys, personally, I do not believe the hype of Web 3.0. Personally, I do feel it is just another marketing gimmick to get funds from venture capital and hedge funds. Now, listen to this, guys. Consensus did mention via the blog that when you use Infura as your default remote procedure call or RPC provider in MetaMask, it will collect your IP address and your Ethereum wallet address whenever you're making in transactions. Now, this goes against the very ethos of Web 3.0. You need to control your own data, but Consensus has clearly outlined that that is not the case, that Infura and Consensus will collect your data. As a matter of fact, it will collect your IP address and your Ethereum wallet address whenever you make a transactions. And as a matter of fact, if you read through the blog, they've also given ways that way how you will go ahead and use your personal information. And giving out that information on how they're going to use your data is done by Facebook as well, is done by Instagram as well. But somehow, somewhere we tend to blame Facebook on Meta. And if you look at it, Consensus, Infura and Unisop, who are ideally considered to be OGs in the space, particularly when you talk about Web 3.0, they are the ones doing that. Now, in the blog, they have actually mentioned if you're using your own Ethereum node or a third-party RPC provider with MetaMask, Consensus has actually confirmed that neither Infura nor MetaMask will collect your IP address or Ethereum wallet address. Now listen guys, if you're using Infura, you definitely need to be aware about it. You look guys, when you talk about self-sovereign identity and when you talk about Web 3.0, particularly, I'm still not buying that people are so very much concerned about the self-sovereign identity they're concerned so much of privacy. And in my podcast a few days ago, I did talk about how Ricardo Spani was the lead maintainer of Monero Privacy Blockchain. He was under the assumption that by 2019 and 2020, people will be severely concerned about privacy. But he was actually surprised that people actually don't care about privacy. Now, there is a difference between privacy. You need to be concerned about it versus what is really happening. And unfortunately, if you look at the general mask, People generally do not care about privacy, but it does turn out to be a very effective marketing tool and it is a good tool to get funds for investors and hedge funds and quite a lot more. Now, personally, I'm still not buying the whole Web 3.0 hype because there are very limited use cases of Web 3.0. And as a matter of fact, in today's episode, I just talked about that using MetaMask is a brilliant use case of Web 3.0, but they are the ones who are collecting the IP address your Ethereum wallet address and quite a lot more. And Unisop, which is considered to be a decentralized exchange, has also mentioned via the blog that it collected certain off-chain and on-chain data to improve user experience. This is definitely not ideal. And surprisingly, in the blog, they've also mentioned that data that they collect includes public on-chain data and limited off-chain data like device type, browser, version, etc., and look guys, this is exactly what Facebook does, but Unisop is doing exactly the same thing. And one thing you need to remember, these are the guys who are considered to be the OGs in the Web 3.0 self-sovereign identity space. 
So definitely, definitely not ideal. Now guys, let's talk about two news regarding UAE. But before we move on to two crypto and blockchain news regarding UAE, I have two news regarding obstacle course race in UAE. The first news is about Spartan Race and they have a massive event in December, the World Championship. And this is the second time they have the World Championship event in Abu Dhabi. And guys, I have a standalone episode with Spartan Race founder Joe Cena talking about Spartan Race NFT. And Sean, who's the chief technology officer, was also in the podcast. And Calvin, who's one of the OGs in the NFT space, was at the podcast as well. So we discussed from a business point of view, why did Spartan Race decide to go ahead and launch its NFT? What were the challenges? And quite a lot more. So please check out those episodes. It is a standalone episode talking more about NFTs and not so much regarding obstacle course race. And the second message is also about obstacle course race and my favorite one that is Tough Mudder. And listen guys, I'm on a mission to do my 100th Tough Mudder. So check both the messages now. The first message is from Spartan. Now Spartan is a global fitness brand with 10 million strong community. They create transformational events, experiences, products and content to help people, companies and team tear down boundaries and expand what they believe to be possible. From day one, nearly two decades ago, They've been champions of human transformation and they live to help people get outside, eat healthy and develop habits that lead to a life of constant progress. With families of brands, they push people from every corner of the globe outside the comfort zone and immerse them in a world of tough fitness and elite sports. Now they do this because you can face and overcome adversity head on and your potential is limitless. Now this year in December, in Abu Dhabi, the land of gazelle, Thousands of athletes and spectators will gather at the metropolis in the desert to compete for Spartan immortality. This is a unique opportunity to watch the world's best obstacle course race athletes compete for world championship and have your group conquer the course themselves. The massive event takes place from the 2nd till the 4th of December this year. Now for Spartan World Championship, the ticket details and registration to the programs are mentioned in the links below. Now, if you are into running, if you are into adventure, and if you are in UAE, you definitely, definitely need to check this out. And the second news, guys, is about Tough Mudder. Now, listen, guys, there are three things that I'm extremely passionate about. All three of them have some kind of similarity. That is heavy metal, Bitcoin, and obstacle course race. Now, we've looked at the premier obstacle course race event, that is Spartan Race, which is taking place between the 2nd and 4th of December. But the next one that I'd like to discuss is Tough Mudder. Now, Tough Mudder is unique, and I did my very first obstacle course race, that was Tough Mudder. And Tough Mudder obstacles are more fun, more adventurous, and it involves a lot of teamwork. And you can also use my promo code, which is GEORGE25, for a 25% discount. Now, if you are into running, if you are into adventure, if you are into obstacle course race, you definitely need to sign up for this event. So, go to the website, toughmudderarabia.com, and you can also follow them on Instagram, the Instagram handle is Tough Mudder Arabia. Now guys, since you've taken care of that, let's talk about two news regarding UAE. And the first news is about Dubai law firm Al-Kamimi, which has launched its first NFT token collection in the MENA region. Now look guys, when I initially read this news, I was honestly a bit skeptical as to how this legal team worked with NFTs. But when I tried to use the NFT experience, I must say this is if not one of the best user experience and the utility of NFTs that I've ever experienced in the Dubai and Mano region. Now, let me quickly explain what is Al-Kamimi. Al-Kamimi was founded in 1989 
and it is a leading corporate law firm in the UAE and throughout the Middle East and North Africa with more than 450 legal professions in 17 offices across 10 countries. So they are definitely a leading law firm giant. And Alchemini is determined to use the knowledge, experience and intellectual rigor to find innovative solutions to overcome complex business challenge and Alchemini is actively encouraging diversity and inclusion, enabling to attract and retain the best talent to ensure the client's needs. And they have 17 offices across 10 countries and a full-service commercial firm combining knowledge, experience and expertise to ensure clients have access to the best legal solutions that are commercially sound and cost-effective. Now let's talk about the NFT-related news. So the news is, Dubai law firm Alchemini launches first of its kind NFT collection in the MENA region and the collection will feature 950 pieces of art, each of it capturing a story that closely aligns with the regional's vibrant economies. The inspiration behind this NFT is Alchemini and Company's monthly legal publication law update and the statement said adding that the collection pays homage to the publication by creating digital assets of its most popular illustration. So they have 500 NFT for their clients and partners and 450 NFTs for public. So it makes a total of 950 NFTs. Now here's the beautiful part. When you try to mint it, you can only mint two NFTs per wallet. So definitely brilliant idea. The user experience class is absolutely brilliant. The inspiration behind the NFT is a monthly legal publication called as Hashtag Law Update. And over 30 years, it has become a valuable resource both to the legal and business communities and the NFT page homage to the publication by creating digital assets of its most popular front covers. Now, NFT Alchemini is a completely free digital asset, and if you acquire artwork featuring a special golden frame, it will unlock exclusive access to resources and free legal advice. This is absolutely brilliant, guys, and this is only applicable if you mint a cover with a golden frame. So, go to the website that is nft.alchemini.com. And the minting of these NFTs started on the 14th of November and 12 p.m. Gulf Standard Time. Now look guys, I tried to use it and I must say that the user experience was absolutely smooth and phenomenal. And it's completely free as well. Now they're using Ethereum and they're using Polygonmatic as well. And when you acquire an NFT Tamimi, you will own a unique moment in time. An exclusive digital magazine cover NFT from the Law of Beat collection that has been curated specifically to capture a journey that represents the evolution of a region. Alchemini and Company is the first law firm in the Middle East and North Africa to introduce the NFT. We're talking about the golden frame from the full collection of 950. 16 magazine covers have a golden frame which gives owners the exclusive access to the membership portal or free legal advice. Now this is applicable only if you mint a cover with a golden frame and this is randomly distributed through really really unique and brilliant way and after minting you will discover if you are one of the fortunate golden owners now go to the terms and conditions it is absolutely brilliant and the nft tamimi drop will be divided into two phases a profit mint for the clients and partners which is a total of 500 nfts and the public mint which is 450 nfts and both phases combined will have a maximum of two NFTs. Now listen guys, I'm really amazed in the way how they did it and I would really really be keen to talking to the team who's designed this NFTs because once again the user experience was absolutely brilliant.
Now, guys, let me talk about the second news about blockchain DXV. And I plan to release a series of episodes called a Central Bank Digital Currency. And I've already prepared one episode and that would cover the basics of Central Bank Digital Currencies. So I believe the episode is roughly around 50 minutes or so. And I'm going to explain what is CBDC, what role the central bank play, so far CBDC and money is concerned, and will the CBDC be based on debt. And I'm also shared my experience in the timeline of Central Bank Digital Currency adoption. And will CBDCs be using blockchain technology or can they use beyond blockchain technology? So definitely check out the episode. I've also had a comparison between central bank digital currencies versus cryptocurrencies and versus Bitcoin. I do admit that some of the benefits that CBD has, that they can offer you customer service, there's an ability to do chargebacks, and they might just be able to offer a 10 times better user experience than cryptocurrencies. I've also gone ahead and explained at a very basic level the different types of CBDCs, that is retail CBDC, wholesale CBDC, multiple CBDC, and quite a lot more. And I've also answered this question, is CBDC Web 3.0? Because there are very limited use cases of Web 3.0. And in that episode, I've shared my points. If CBDCs are Web 3.0, or are they not Web 3.0? And I've given my thoughts and opinions on why I feel that CBDCs are a perfect use case in the metaverse. Now listen guys, what I want to do is I do want to release a couple of more episodes on central bank digital currencies and I want to interview the team in UAE that is doing the multiple central bank digital currency project. Now in the episode, I've also discussed political implications of CBDCs and quite a lot more. So most likely the episode will be released tomorrow where I explore each area in detail and I do want to interview some OGs from the cryptocurrency space to get their insights and discuss the good, the bad and the threat of CBDCs and at the same time, I also want to interview experts in the cryptography space and the hashing algorithm space and mathematical space and get their insights on why CBDCs might be a good thing. Now listen guys, so far as the CBDC episode is concerned, I want to release at least 8 to 9 episodes. In this series, what I want to do is I want it to have for different types of listeners, that is for beginner level, someone who has no experience in CBDCs, an advanced level, someone who has some hands-on experience own central bank digital currencies and the final few episodes hardcore technical someone who's actually working in the cbdc and maybe someone who's working in the cryptography bitcoin and blockchain space as well so that's all for today guys in the crypto and coffee update from blockchain dxb in case if you have any feedback or suggestions please drop me an email to info blockchaindxb.com and check out my website www.blockchaindxb.com and also check out my other website that is area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5-star rating and share the word across. The next few minutes is going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. So let's get started with the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DX. We are listening to the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. And remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 8:30 a.m., we have Crypt and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. 
This is followed by two news and information related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where your listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. And I have a question by Rashmi who asks, are there any blockchain development courses you would like to recommend? Now to be honest, Rashmi, blockchain as such, there's so much of hype going on, especially in the commercial space. And I hate to say this, but none of the courses do actually do proper justification for blockchain. Now what I would recommend you to do is on YouTube, go to MIT and uh, Gary Gensler, who's currently the head of SEC, used to be a professor and he has loads of really useful information on MIT YouTube channel. Trust me, that is more than enough. And he does actually explain in detail what is blockchain, what is not blockchain and the role of Bitcoin in blockchain. That is, to be honest, more than enough. Other than that, to be honest, I wouldn't recommend any blockchain development courses. Now, Ivan on Tech, uh, who used to be one of the brilliant YouTubers, he used to have a couple of sessions dedicated only for blockchain, but he used to also focus on coding. And he now he currently, I believe, has another protocol called Morales. So look out for Ivan on Tech on YouTube and look out for Morales. Now, at this point of time, I really am not sure of Morales does actually focus on blockchain development courses. What I would recommend you to do is, Rashmi, forget about blockchain development courses because a lot of them do provide misleading and correct information. What I would strongly focus is listen to a lot of podcasts. Now, you don't have to listen to my podcast because I do not talk about blockchain development as such, but listen to Bankless Podcast and Ryan Sean Adams. They do a brilliant job in explaining the technical details of blockchain at a very user-friendly level. So listen to the episodes in and out. I believe they have, if not one of the best contents so far as blockchain development is concerned. Other than that, what I would recommend you to do is go to the Ethereum Foundation website, go to the Cardano Foundation website. Trust me, they have loads of useful information that would provide you with 80 to 90%. Now, I am personally a fan of Bitcoin. And what I would recommend you to do is before you get into Bankless, before you get into uh, the website of the developments, before you get into the website of the foundation for Ethereum, Cardano, or EOS, go to Jameson and Rob's website. He provides loads of useful information explaining what Bitcoin is. And one thing, you know, Rashmi, which I often say is, once you truly understand what Bitcoin is, you will truly understand what it is not. And the more you understand what Bitcoin is, you'll try to understand that there are very limited use cases of blockchain technology. Now, I understand that this is not the answer that you were expecting, but when you talk about blockchain, we still need to solve the blockchain trilemma problem. And unfortunately, I do feel that there are not many use cases of blockchain technology. A, blockchain is extremely slow. There is a lot of centralization. And C, there's so many frauds and scams going on. And you also need to remember when you talk about blockchain, the user experience needs to be 10 times better than the current existing systems. Now take for instance, if you're having your regular bank and if you're trying to make any purchases, how easy is it? Does using blockchain technology make it 10 times better? Now at this point of time, unfortunately, forget about being a 10x improvement so far as customer service is concerned. I would give it a minus two experience because the user experience is absolutely horrendous. Now, this whole notion of Web 3.0, self-serving identity, I definitely am not buying it. 
it just seems a lot of hype. And people have been noticing, you know, who talk about Web 3.0 having self-sovereign identity. If you follow the LinkedIn profile, they've only gotten into the Bitcoin and blockchain space for barely less than two years. So what they're doing is they're reading articles, which is provided by mainstream media and they're buying that hype. Now, unfortunately, I don't think blockchain has any use cases until and unless they solve the blockchain trilemma problem, and which might take maybe a couple of decades. And in the meantime, in the interim, I do feel that centralized entities will provide a better service in terms of time, in terms of cost, in terms of quality. Now, talking about 10x experience, when you talk only about Bitcoin, does Bitcoin offer a 10x user experience than the monetary system? And the answer is 100% yes. It might just be offering a 25x better user experience. You can send billions of transfer of funds in a matter of 10 minutes. And it is also instant final settlement when you talk about Bitcoin in comparison to monetary system. And when you talk about the auditing experience, or when you talk about the guarantee of your saving funds, when you look at it in terms of time, cost, and quality, only Bitcoin, I do feel provides a 10x user experience. Now, going back to your question, you know, Rashmi, regarding development courses, I would not recommend any development courses as such, but try to fully understand what blockchain technology is and then try to build your knowledge base on Python or whatever programming language that you want to use or Rust or Solidity or Viper. Then try to do a course based on the foundation websites and a lot of incubators and accelerator program that would provide additional support as well. So that's all for today, guys. And if you ask me anything seriously, blockchain DXV. If you have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxv.com and also check out my website that is www.blockchaindxv.com and if you do have any feedback or suggestions, please mention them in the comments below as well. And guys, tomorrow I do have a Metaverse Everything podcast, so check out the website area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. And if you like listening to this, please click on the follow button, give it a 5-star rating and share the word across. And remember guys, Monday to Thursday is 8am to 8.30am. We have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And how the series of episodes in the Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is, we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series, where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi, and Metaverse. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a great day. Bye-bye.